0: Hey, my friend, welcome along to the Nutrition Nuggets podcast, helping you get clarity on nutrition. I'm your host, Dale Pinnock, Sunday Times best selling author, nutritionist, and creator of the Culinary Medicine College. Every episode here in the podcast, we dig deep on the subject of nutrition to give you clarity, to give you answers, and to expand your knowledge. Hey, my friends, how on earth are you doing? It's been a while, right? I know it's been a hot minute since I've done a podcast, but I've been in the process of moving house and you all know how mental and stressful and just long that can be. So that's all done. That's all sorted. Office is set up again, back in the hot seat. Let's get into this. In this episode, I wanted to talk about antioxidants. Antioxidants have become real buzzwords in the nutrition world everyone talks about them everyone mentions them you know whenever you talk about why a certain food is good for you or you read an article about why a certain food is good for you and has benefits they're always talking about antioxidants but how many of you know what antioxidants actually do and how they actually work well what they do is they disarm free radicals they protect us against damaging free radicals. And they do this by being an electron donor. Now, I I know that sounds a little bit kind of all terminology and a little bit too much. So let's unpack it. Let's have a look at what I'm actually talking about, what I actually mean. And then you'll kind of figure out how antioxidants are doing what they do. Well, let's start by looking at what free radicals are. Free radicals are substances that are produced from normal metabolic processes, normal physiological functions in our body, that have an electron missing from their outer orbit. Now, I know this sounds complex, but these molecules from normal physiological functions are made up of atoms. And all atoms require a certain number of electrons spinning around what is called their valence shell or their outer orbit. There's particles orbiting around the nucleus of the atom all the time. And they require a certain number of electrons to be present in this outer orbit in order to be what's called chemically stable. Okay, deep breath. Um, if one of these atoms in this molecule is missing an electron as a result of the normal metabolic processes that it's been through, then this substance will do anything it can to find a replacement electron. And it will do that by smashing into cells and tissues and causing all matter of chaos, just trying to pinch an unsuspecting electron from somewhere else in the body. But when they do this, they cause untold physical damage. They cause absolute chaos and destruction to cells and tissues, which in time can eventually trigger disease process. So that's what a free radical is, okay? And antioxidants disarm these free radicals by giving one of their own electrons to the free radical in order to stabilize it. And when they give it that when they donate that electron, that substance is then no longer trying to find a replacement electron. It calms down, it becomes safe. But considering everything that I've just said, what do you think happens to the antioxidant? And bear that in mind for as we move through this podcast. Now, there's many, many, many substances that can be antioxidants. There's well-known nutrients like vitamin C and vitamin E and selenium. And then there's thousands upon thousands of phytochemicals like flavonoids and carotenoids and all of those wonderful things that are all potent antioxidants. And all of these things can deliver this antioxidant benefit. The problem is there's a fair bit of hype that surrounds antioxidants. There's some certain beliefs that are commonly held and I want to address those first before we just kind of move into the practical as to how to get the most of the out of these things in your diet. So, let's look at some of the some of the misunderstandings around antioxidants. The first is that they're often considered like the panacea for perfect health. It's like the the free radical model of disease is a long-held one. The theory always was that if we are exposed to more and more free radicals without the necessary means to disarm these and calm them down, then because of the, the vastness of the damage that these substances cause, this will accelerate and instigate, disease process so that became what was known as the free radical model of disease but that's starting to lose traction yes absolutely free radical damage to tissue can be part and let's underline the word part here of the pathophysiology or the etiology of that disease pathophysiology that means how normal function changes during disease process etiology the cause and the trigger of the disease and the development Okay. So yes, absolutely it can be part of the pathophysiological process and the etiology, but it's one part of a multitude of pathophysiological processes we need to think about inflammation, we need to think about you know how rapidly wounds can heal, we need to think about certain genes that can be activated and switched off as well. There's there's a lot to it and yes, free radical activity is part of that picture. But just because you're consuming loads of antioxidants, that doesn't mean that all of a sudden it makes you disease-proof. And the way some people talk, it's like it's, it's the be-all and the end-all. Up your antioxidants, you'll live forever. Simply not the answer to everything. Vitally important, absolutely important, but do not make you disease-proof. Another misunderstanding is that all antioxidants are created equally but they all kind of do the same thing. And it's just like, oh, Oh, you've got this issue, you need more antioxidants, just consume more blueberries or whatever. They are a diverse group of substances. There are thousands of them and their functions are as unique as their numbers are vast. We need to get far more specific when we're talking about the health benefits of specific antioxidants. They do different things. Different antioxidants will impact different types of free radicals. Vitamin E, for example, seems to have an influence on lipid-derived free radicals, so oxidized fats, i.e. triglycerides. Vitamin E is important for cardiovascular health because it helps to prevent the oxidation of cholesterol and triglycerides. Very, very important. And then you've got other types of, of antioxidant that will target different types of other different types of free radicals hydroxyl radical for example so their activity is as broad as their number so don't assume that because you've got a certain issue that may be influenced by free radical activity within a certain system or tissue that every single antioxidant on the planet is going to benefit you you need to understand what type of antioxidants are associated with the types of free radicals that that arise in those body systems or in those disease patterns. Another one is that antioxidants stop aging. Um, I wish. (laughs) I wish anything did. But free radicals are just one driver of a natural aging process. But there's many others. Yes, of course, if you're like living in a highly polluted area and you're smoking 50 a day and you're eating all kinds of junk that's elevating your free radical load, then yeah, you're you are gonna be accelerating certain elements of the aging process. But we need to think broader than that. We need to think about long-term metabolic health, long-term inflammatory load how the diet and lifestyle the diet we eat and lifestyle that we lead influences the activity of certain genes that may speed up or slow down certain aging processes there's a lot more to it antioxidants again are one part one part of a very broad picture another big myth and uh, misunderstanding is that if you cook a food then antioxidants degrade. Every time I put like a post up on Instagram or Facebook or something, I always get this question pop up time and time again, like does cooking affect the benefits that you're talking about? And it's it's a really common question and it's you know, it's very, very sensible thinking and it's very sensible to think about that. And the answer is some substances will degrade, others will improve so when it comes to the antioxidant nutrients vitamin c for example is very easily damaged by cooking and even by harvesting the plant actually so when you cook a food that's rich in vitamin c the vitamin c will start to degrade and break down but then we've got we've got other types of antioxidants like beta carotene that bright orange pigment you get in sweet potatoes and squash and mangoes and carrots and all that kind of stuff Cooking actually makes those more bioavailable. The carotenoid family of phytochemicals become more bioavailable, i.e. the body can actually absorb them more easily and do more with them when we cook the food. And you can take that step further as well, because there are certain substances that will increase the absorption of certain nutrients. An example being sticking with beta-carotene. That's what we call a fat-soluble antioxidant. And if you consume that with a source of fat, so say, for example, a baked sweet potato with a nice glob of proper butter on it, that fat will actually help you absorb even more of... The carotenoids that are in there because they're fat soluble, those additional fats that you're consuming them with will help you to take up more. So, cooking food doesn't automatically mean that you're annihilating its benefit, okay? And then this is a big one. Now, as you guys know, I am absolutely a fan of supplements. I am a huge advocate for supplements. I use them in my clinical practice, I use them in my day to day life. You know, they're just tools. They're not, they're not a replacement for anything. They don't replace the complexities of a good diet, but they're tools that can have a role to play. There's an assumption that taking single antioxidant nutrients is both wise and safe. Now, think back to earlier when I told you about what antioxidants actually do. They donate an electron to the unbalanced part of a free radical to disarm the free radical but because they've donated an electron what happens to the antioxidant substance it itself becomes a free radical now in nature we find that many foods contain many different types of antioxidant as i've said they work on different things when we consume antioxidants naturally, they, one one variety will tend to recycle the other. So it's it's kind of what we call like an electron dance, where they pass electrons around to keep each other stable so that they can actually go out there and do their job and donate electrons to very, very harmful free radicals. But then because their their mate is with them that's got their back, as soon as one gives his electron up his mate will donate it to him. And then his mate's mate will donate one back and it just moves in a big circle like that. When you start taking individual antioxidants, so let's say beta carotene, whatever, you run the risk. It's not given. It's It's all about dosage, obviously. But you run the risk of it actually increasing free radical load. A perfect example of this, I don't know whether you remember um, this study being published, maybe, I I think we're maybe talking about 2007, 2008. There was a a well-known study published that showed that smokers that supplemented with high-strength beta-carotene supplements actually increased their incidence of lung cancer. It was much higher in those taking the beta-carotene. If they would have been taking beta-carotene, vitamin C, vitamin E, selenium, we may not have seen that same pattern because all of those antioxidants will recycle each other. But when you're taking one single antioxidant, it has the potential to increase your free radical load because there's so many of one type of antioxidant. Yeah, it's doing its job, but then it's becoming a free radical itself. So you're still pushing free radical levels up and up and up. So whilst I'm a massive advocate for supplements, when it comes to antioxidants, diversity in the diet is key. So I guess that's the perfect place to finish this. How do we maximise our intake of these incredibly important food-derived substances? How do we ensure that we're getting a good amount of of antioxidants and a broad enough amount to ensure that their response is healthy. It really comes down to a broad and varied whole foods diet with as many naturally occurring vivid colours as you can possibly get in. Now, these these bright colours, so think about the purples and the reds and the and the blues and the orange and the yellow and as many different colours as you can get in Each and every day. Not only do these colours represent different spectrums of antioxidant, they also represent different groups and families of phytochemicals. It's like an entire medicine chest of phytochemicals. These things can have untold benefits to virtually every process, every body system, every sell every tissue they are an edible pharmacy the more variety of them you have the better your health will be so yeah antioxidants vitally important to the to our health vitally important to get into your diet but understand where some of the uh, the myths lie as well and rely on a good broad intake of whole food derived vivid colors in your diet every single day, and you'll be moving in the right direction. So until next time, my friends, see you soon.